What's up, y'all? It's Kavya, and welcome back to the 33rd episode of Women on the Mic. Today, I'm so, so excited to talk to Soroya Tinker, professional hockey player for the Metropolitan Riveters of the NWHL. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. So how have you been? How's the first few months of 2021 gone for you? (laughs) It's gone pretty well, just working hard, training, got back from Lake Placid and kind of put my head down and went back to work. So um, excited for what 2021 has and hopefully we won't be on in lockdown much longer. <laughs> no, things are looking up for sure though. Um, you know, I want to get started with your sports journey and your hockey journey. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved with sport and hockey to be specific? Yeah, so I mean, growing up, my parents were big advocates for going outside and playing rather than watching TV and playing video games. So um, we were heavily into sport, but my dad grew up in Scarborough, Ontario, uh, pretty big hockey town. Um, and he played hockey. He was a goalie. Uh, he never played at any, any high level or anything, but he just loved the game, but unfortunately experienced a lot of racism in it. Um, and that's what made him want to put his four kids in it. So I, myself and my three brothers have all played. Um, and I am the one currently still playing and my 10 year old brother still plays, but um, that's definitely how I got into hockey. <laughs> Obviously, you know, hockey is a very white dominated sport. And I'm sure like we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, what about hockey made you fall in love with it? You know, what are some of the things that keep you going? Yeah, I think it's just the, the skating part. Um, I think being on the ice is super freeing. Um, it was always a good way to exercise. I remember being super stressed out with exams and just going to like open skate and just doing laps. Um, so I think like skating was the number one thing that I fell in love with uh, and then came hockey. But um I think just just the grind of hockey. I mean, it's it's an everyday type thing. Uh, it's huge in Canada, so basically yeah. everyone born with skates on. So um, everybody tries hockey at one point or another. So I just happened to continue with it. Um, I know you played hockey at Yale University. Obviously, amazing school, amazing hockey program. Um, you know, how important was it for you and your family to get a good education as well? Besides, you know, playing hockey at that high level. Yeah, I think um, when recruiting started, I I realized that I was going to have the opportunity to attend a wide range of schools, but um, I had always made an effort to get good grades in school and and stay on top of my academics. And my parents stressed that a lot as well, that school came first, especially for for me as a female. I knew I wasn't going to make millions of dollars playing my sport, but I knew that I could receive a good education. And that's the reason I chose to go the Ivy League route. um, And that's how I ended up at Yale. What would you say is like, the biggest thing going to Ivy League, playing at Yale kind of instilled in you, but like on the, on the ice or off the ice, just what do you think you took away the biggest thing? Um, I think attending Yale really opened my mind. Um, I grew up in a very Christian conservative home, I would say. Um, And Yale is an incredibly liberal place. And I think that I was really able to generate my own opinions and my own values while I was there. Um, And although I I have said that my experience in hockey wasn't the best, but um, at the same time, I think that I had an amazing time uh, outside of the rink with my other friends and building those relationships. So I had a lot of friends on other teams, a lot of uh, normie friends, I guess we call them, that are, are just the, that aren't athletes at Yale, um, but was definitely able to open up and reach out to so many more people, um, more than just my teammates. Did you have like any favorite, I guess, like traditions at Yale, not just like as an athlete, but just as a, as a Yaley? 
<laughs> um, I mean, I think part of Yale's campus is is just the fact that it's so historic and there's so much built into the buildings. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that I would be late night studying um, in the millions of libraries that are on campus and um, I would end up not studying and going and exploring and seeing all the buildings and finding little special places that meant a lot to me. Um, so I know when I go back and visit, those are maybe not spots that everybody's seen, but I made an effort to kind of snoop around and, uh, yeah. and, and check everything out. So I think just the, the, the history of the buildings and um, just how Yale was made uh, is, is awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. That, that like East Coast vibe is just something else. I'm from the West Coast, but I always like see those Ivy League East Coast buildings. I'm like, wow, that felt <laughs> so neat. <laughs> um, you know, after Yale, you got drafted to the NWHL in 2020. Um, the NWHL is fairly new, but when did you kind of know you wanted to take hockey to the next level and go pro? Um, honestly, it, it probably didn't happen until two, three weeks before the draft. <laughs> um, I remember talking to my, my Yale coach, Mark Bolden, Bowling. He came in uh, my senior year at Yale and really helped me love the game again and understood me as a player and, and saw the potential that I still had that yeah. I didn't really see in myself anymore. Um, and he stressed me that I can play at the professional level and that I deserve to be there. Um, and him helping me fall back in love with the game is what helped me enter my name in the draft and, and continue to play. So um, wow. it was a big decision, I guess, but at the same time, um, I'm happy that I made that decision and happy to be with the Riveters. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's crazy. It was only like a few weeks before the draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, and you alluded to as well, hockey is an extremely white dominated sport. Um, and, you know, you're someone who's like paving the way and inspiring so many young women of color um, across all fields, not just in athletics. But what advice would you give, you know, even your younger self, younger uh, female athletes, especially women of color who are either playing hockey at that level and might, you know, feel isolated or might not see people like them in the media or on those big teams? Mm. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that I often say I wish I would have found my voice sooner. Um, I think that I often tried to squeeze myself into the hockey culture box and kind of fit in with my teammates and, and really make an effort to do that, whereas they weren't necessarily always open to including me. So in that sense, I think if I, if I would have found my voice sooner and, and would have found who I was, um, it would really would have helped me. So I think my biggest piece of advice is to, to find how to love yourself and be unapologetically you as soon as you can. Um, and again, I'm still learning to do that. I'm only 23. Um, so in that sense, I think we all have a long way to go, but I think the sooner you find your voice and find that, that, um, that confidence in yourself, the more, the more, more opportunities you're going to have, um, the more doors open and, and the more you can, you can make, make a pathway for the girls behind you. Yeah. And, you know, you use your platform for so many different things to talk about racial injustice, women's empowerment, body image. Um, when did you kind of realize you had this platform and, you know, you, when you, you found your own voice? Yeah, I think that definitely happened when I was drafted. Um, and that's, that's another reason why I'm definitely very grateful and, and thankful that I chose to play within myself. Um, and I think once I was drafted, I, I did find that I had a new platform and, and people were reaching out and wanted to talk to me about my experience. And uh, with that, I decided to be honest and open. Um, and I think that that's the most beneficial part of this is um, hearing my, my honest and open answers is what helps the younger girls because I know that that they're experiencing the same thing. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously there needs to be a lot more done with respect to inclusivity in hockey, but I know the NWHL, you know, with it's, um, you know, the TV coverage on NBC sports, that was huge for women's sports, but what would you like to see? Like, what are some actionable steps you'd like to see, um, when it comes to fostering more inclusivity in hockey? Yeah, I think, um, honestly, I think more conversations need to be had. Um, I know Black Girl Hockey Club has their get uncomfortable campaign. And I think that's exactly what people need to do. I think that they need to get uncomfortable and have those conversations that maybe it doesn't relate directly to them, but it affects their teammates or maybe somebody else in their league that is being um, being discriminated against throughout the throughout the season. So I think in that case, I think that it's so important to have those uncomfortable conversations and for our white counterparts to ask questions um, and do research on their own. Um, in that sense, I, I think that it's so important for people to educate themselves uh, and understand where we're coming from and why we're so frustrated within our sport and within our society. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And like I alluded to earlier, you use your platform for so many things. And one of the things that is amazing is your artwork. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Um, but when did you get like started with art and how did you kind of um, like, how did you view art as a way to um, spread these positive messages? Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I think artwork has always been something that I've been interested in. Um, it was always either go outside and play, uh, do your homework, or we're doing arts and crafts. Um, there, I didn't have TV for certain years of my life growing up. So in that sense, I, I did draw a lot onto, onto artwork. Um, my mom also, she paints. Uh, she definitely wouldn't say she's the best painter, but I know she's a good painter. <laughs> um, and honestly, I stopped painting in high school. I didn't really paint anything throughout college. And then um, come March, when I got stuck at home and had to finish my senior year, I picked up my paintbrushes again and, and started um, making more artwork. But mm. I think the, the main thing that I like in my paintings is just the, the body image aspect of it. Um, I like painting like nude body figures and things like that just to show and express that all bodies are beautiful. And um, I think if I tend to mess up on a painting, it's not considered messing up because everybody looks different and everybody has their own unique aspects to them. So uh, I think that's where my painting comes from. And it, it's an outlet for me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love how, you know, when you said, you know, making a mistake, it doesn't matter because all the bodies look different. And I think body image is something a lot of women especially and female athletes struggle with um what advice do you have in terms of you know combating that negative body image yeah I think for me my biggest enemy throughout college was definitely the scale um having to weigh ourselves before every game or before every practice just um for some reason didn't sit well with me mentally so in that sense I think just to just to love yourself and not pay attention to things like the scale and pay attention to all those social media things that are out there that are just so false and edited and um, and just to look in the mirror and, and love who you are. Um, just because I think that everyone is beautiful in their own way. And I think that it's important that us as women, especially BIPOC women, um, are able to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of the times we focus on our huge achievements and like our amazing accomplishments in our career, which is awesome. But something I like to do is like talk about our low points, because I think those points, um, you know, really shape us and build our character. Is there like a moment in your career or, you know, a couple of moments that, you know, you lack confidence or uh, self-esteem and, you know, how did you get out of that? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess all, the first example that comes to my mind um, is just the fact that when I attended, when I when I went to Yale, I had just come off of a big season. Um, I had just played on the U18 national team and won a silver medal and was fully expecting to be invited back. Um, and in that sense, I have never been back, invited back into the national team program, which um, has led me to just kind of wonder what happened and and kind of have self-doubt in that sense and, and not understand why I haven't been invited back. But at the same time, I realized that moving into college, I had to be a different player on the team I was playing on. Um, I wasn't able to be as offensive as I wanted to be um, just because our team was a defense first type of team. We didn't have those, those girls that were going out there and scoring for us multiple goals a game and things like that. So um, I definitely had to readjust my mindset and, and the type of player I was. Um, I think that uh, for me, I, I I still wonder to this day and, and try and get back into the program and want to wear that jersey again. But at the same time, um, you, you got to realize when, when it's your time and your place. Um, but I definitely have, have struggled with that in terms of my confidence and um, wanting to continue to play and, um, and just not having full faith in my ability. Um, and I think playing pro moving forward, I, I know that I'm a strong defenseman for the Riveters, even though I'm a rookie. And I think that I have a lot of potential and a lot to show in the upcoming season. So I'm excited to be able to adjust my game even further and build my confidence back. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know so many people look up to you. And, you know, recently you launched your new mentorship program, which is so awesome. So can you talk about that a little bit, what that means to you and what, you know, your goals are for that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I I want to mentor girls just because I want to be the person that I didn't have when I was that age. Um, I think that I definitely could have used another Black woman to look up to in sport. So I think for me, I've made an effort to build that mentorship platform for those girls specifically and and tend to their needs because um, I understand what they're going through. So we do one-on-one -on -one calls, we do group calls, uh, Zoom workouts, we have Zoom hangouts, awesome. um, and it's just open communication. So if they, if they have a question, they can just text me, uh, call me, whatever they need. And I think that that's a huge help for them. Um, I receive calls based on what camps they want to go to and, and emails they're sending coaches. And it's, it's that simple um, one step advice really that uh, I wasn't able to ask anyone and I wish I was. So I'm so happy to be able to provide them with that person to do that with. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so awesome that they can connect with you, someone who they look up to and learn from them directly, which is awesome. Um, you know, like I said, so many people look up to you, but when you were younger and even now, like who are some of your inspirations on and off the ice? <laughs> yeah, I mean, growing up, there there wasn't really any other Black women in hockey, specifically. Um, we have Angela James, but she also finished her career in 1998, and that was the year I was born. So um, in that sense, I, I didn't really have any role models that I specifically looked to in hockey. Yeah. Um, but I think just understanding... Um, understanding the the environment of the world we're in and understanding um, how powerful black women can be. I think that just finding those little resources or those people to talk to was important for me um, growing up. But again, I, I mean, when people ask me who my role models were, I honestly have no idea because I honestly, I don't know who I look to. I kind of just buried myself in my own doings and my own um my own career and just kind of focused but at the same time it, i 
think that I would have had a whole different career if I had somebody to look up to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, as this league grows, there's going to be so many young girls who have all these people to look up to, which is awesome. Um, but speaking of the league and hockey, what are you most excited for as your career, um, you know, moves forward? Yeah, I'm excited for us to be seen. Um, I think that uh, the fact that we got to be on NBC Sports um, and had that that deal, I think that that was awesome. I think that um, not enough people realize the talent that we have uh, and not enough people recognize that, that we deserve and we work just as hard as the men do to get to where we are. Um, and we deserve to be paid. We deserve to be um, put on TV and we deserve to be respected as women in sports. So I think moving forward, I'm so excited to be able to be on the TV and, and be able to have um, places to watch other girls and other sports, even the WNBA or the NWSL <laughs> and, and everything. So um, I think that it's gonna be awesome to see women on TV and women in sport because that's what the younger girls need. They need to see those those other women on the TV and see themselves in that position. Yeah, it's huge. Like investing in women's sports is huge. And I think that's the next step. And, you know, I love repping my WNBA hoodie, like wherever I go, like I go to school and I just rep it. And yeah, you know, I love it <laughs> looks like, Hey, that's super cool hoodie. But yeah, no, that's definitely the next step. And I'm excited to see how this league moves forward. Um, I have two more questions, but firstly, I just want to thank you for taking the time and talking with me today. I really enjoyed um, learning from you and learning about your story. Um, but I know we've talked about some kind of heavy stuff, but just like a fun question. What is your like favorite snack of all time or just snack right now? Hmm. Oh, what's my favorite snack? My favorite snack, honestly, I'm like obsessed with green tea matcha lattes with oh, almond okay. milk. So okay. I mean, I'm not, I don't eat too many snacks or anything, but I'm always down to go pick up a Starbucks matcha latte. So <laughs> same, I love that. Um, my last question, you know, I ask all the athletes that I interview this is what do you think is the most important thing that we teach young women today? Um, I think the most important thing is to be confident in ourselves. Um, I think the number one thing I see within myself and even within my friends is just the, they lack confidence in who they are and, um, whether that that's a result of lack of confidence in body image, of, in education, whatever it may be. Um, but I think it's so important that we stress to other young women to be confident in who they are, no matter who that may be. Um, and to openly express yourself. I think that everybody deserves an immense amount of respect, obviously. Um, and I think that once we're able to fully recognize who we are and love ourselves and be confident in who we are, we can be unapologetically unapologetically ourselves love that that was that was a mic drop perfect way to <laughs> <end>. <laughs> thank you so much again for joining and taking the time it really means a lot yeah of course no problem thanks for having me on